want to continue with the message growing in your inheritance in Christ. Growing into your inheritance in Christ, the, the sixth part of it. Father, I just want to thank you. Spirit of the living God, speak to us tonight by your spirit. Touch our hearts with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week I was sharing one of the um, things that we need to grow into maturity. One of the things we need to grow into sonship. You're a child of God. Yes, you're a child, but you need to grow up. And we talked about the Word of God. The Word of God is what we need. But it's not just reading the Bible that will grow you up. Remember how you were born into the kingdom of God. The Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What will grow you in Christ is revelation. Last week I talked about seeing. Jesus said they don't have the eyes to see. They have eyes they can't see. They have ears they can't hear. But you're blessed because I've given you eyes that can see. Amen? You have eyes, when you are born again, your eyes can see. Open them, look at the scriptures, and you can see and understand them. You have eyes, Jesus has blessed you with the eyes to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. There is a mystery with regards to the kingdom of God. And only who have eye, those who have eyes can see and partake and benefit from the mysteries from the kingdom of God. Everything God does is in secret. And so the spirit of God is the one who searches the deep things of God. But Jesus said, they don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear. But I have given you, if you are born again, you truly have eyes to see. And you truly have ears to hear. I remember a scripture I like to quote in my prayer. God says, I have given you the tongue of the learned. I don't have to go learn anything. God gives me the tongue of the learned so I can speak a word in season to him who is weary. And I thank him for it constantly. God, I thank you because you have given me the tongue of the learned. And I can speak a word in season To him who is weary. He says, you are waking me morning by morning. You are awakening me. So every morning you wake up, God is renewing you. And he says, I've given you the ear, ears of the learned. So you can hear as the one who is learned. That's what he says. He's giving you eyes that can see. He's giving you ears that can hear. And it's also giving you a heart that can understand. And it comes out from your mouth. Tongues of the learned. So it's only through revelation that you can truly grow. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. Those words are not just ordinary words. Those words are seed, incorruptible seed. When they enter into your heart, they grow. And as the word grows in your heart, because the word is spirit and the word is life, guess what you have? You have both spirit and life. Your born again spirit will begin to grow into maturity. And then the life of God comes into you until you are mature. But it all comes through understanding from the word of God. Now it doesn't mean you have to strive. If your heart is there and you know what God has given to you, you can open the book and God will begin to reveal things to you that grows you. And as you grow, you get more, much confidence. And you're fearless. You're fearless. Because as you understand more of the word of God, the more of God's love you know. Because God is love. And God is the word. And so when you receive the more, more revelation from the word of God, not just reading, but revelation from the word of God, those secret things, 
as they enter into your heart, you begin to know more of the love of God. Because God is love. God is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The more of the word you get, the more of God you have, the more of love you have in you, the more confidence you have in God. There is no fear in love. For perfect love cast out all concerns. Can you hear that? <laughs> perfect love for God cast out all concern. When God's love is dwelling in you, you got that concern. That's growth. That's maturity. Because you know to trust God. No matter what's going on, you know God's going to come through somehow for you. So you enter into his rest and trust in his grace. Because his grace is always, ever, always renewed every morning. Every morning his grace is enough to carry you through it. Now I read uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 17 and says, For if by the one man's offense, I really need to go in through this because it's so important. And it's the reason why I'm going this way. So important. It says, if by the one man's offense, now it's talking about Adam, death reigned. Death reigned. Just by one man's offense, death reigned. Everybody's going to die. By one, just one offense. One single offense. Didn't cost him his natural life, but it cost him his spiritual life. One offense. By one offense. One man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Coming back to this is so important. Righteousness is a gift. I keep saying it to our church. Amen. It's not something you earn. It's a gift. Born out of love from Christ. He gives that to you. And that has nothing to do with your conduct. And, I, and I'm not saying to do wrong. Because the righteousness of God in you transforms you. It does transform you. It transforms your life. When you receive this gift of righteousness, that's maturity. And you understand what you have received... I mean, when we're talking about maturity, growing into sonship, we're not talking about 50 years before I'm grown. No, you can grow overnight, a week, two weeks, a month, just gotten saved, but now you are into the world and you're hungry. And you can grow overnight and God will begin to do incredible things through your life. Whereas a natural, a man who is saved and remains in the natural and doesn't understand, he can be a Christian for 50 years and still be filled with fear and all kinds of harassment from the enemy. Everything frightens him. And there is really no difference. That's why the Galatians say he's like a slave. There is no difference between him and the one who is in the world. As soon as he hears about layoff, he's as frightened as the rest of them. He's as worried as the rest of them. He complains like the rest of them. And he speaks about his bosses like the rest of them. No difference. But the, more, the one who knows his God will tell himself, if they fire me, I know God has something better for me. And be at rest. And everybody's wondering, how come you're not worried? <laughs> you tell them, he has a better job for me. And when they see it, after God is transformed, taking you from that place, sometimes God will have to allow certain things because he knows if he lets you be, you'll stay there for, forever. You won't quit. So he closes the door, you screaming, ah! But he takes you out and gives you something good and then you rejoice. You're still a baby. <laughs> You're still a baby. Sometimes the hard times is God trying to get you out. It may be just for a short time. 
he has something better for you. And I think if you don't learn that principle, it's going to take a while because you have to go. Many times we hear about the wilderness experience and we're wondering what's all about, what's that all about? Going 40 times? Well, that happens to us. God takes you to the, the edge of your promised land and you complain. He says, let's go around it again till we get back. And you get there, and usually when you get there, that's when the trouble really comes. And you're screaming and complaining. He says, he hasn't learned the lesson. She hasn't. Let's go around again. You want 40 years before you learn your lesson? That's what's happening to us. But those who know your God, they're confident. They say, we're going in. We're ready. God is with us. Nobody's going to stop us. If there are giants there, we don't care. They just bread for us, bigger bread for us to eat. That's what Joshua and Caleb said. But if you have received the gift of righteousness, these two gifts, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they are given to you by God through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross so that you reign in life. That doesn't mean you are going to become the queen of England. That means in your life, no matter what's going on, you got the peace of God and you are above all of those things. So, you reign in life through the one. Just one. Notice, because, put this together. The one, Adam, death, right? And no one is accepted. No exception. Everyone goes through it. Just by Adam. Now, one, Christ, obedience. We should all reign. Just like death flowed, we should all be reigning. That's what I read from that scripture. We reign in life through the one, the one who obeyed. Jesus gets all the glory. And we must honor him for what he has done. And believe what he has done. All of us believe what's happened to us because of Adam. No question, right? Why can't we believe what Jesus has done? He went to the cross for us so that we can have abundant life. That's what he said. And to reign in life, according to Romans here, Romans 5, 17, he wants us to reign. We need to change our minds. We need to change our minds. All these impossibilities that we have in our head, well, I can't do it. We've got to change our mind. And I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself as well. I've got to change my mind. i got to look for bigger things. Amen. Right now, I'm considering uh, television station, uh, television ministry all over Nigeria. I'm actually thinking about it right now. Talk to Irina. I'm already thinking about it. I, I found out how much he's going to curse. Right now, the amount seems a little big. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, required. <laughs> but I'm telling myself, I can overcome that. Amen. I can overcome that. You know why? I got you. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not looking at you. But I, I'm giving it just a, at the most a year. Amen? I, I will. I'm going to do it by the grace of God. And I don't have to strive one little bit. We've been on television. I don't talk to us about taking offerings for it. We don't do that. But I believe God will give me the money. I'm going to be there. We will be viewed all over. That's going to open a lot of doors. Not only, I'm considering another one that reaches the whole of Africa. He mentioned the amount. I said, well, go to the next one. <laughs> but we're going to do it. Because God has called us to reign. As long as I obey the Lord and I'm doing what he calls me to do, I'm going to get there. But I got a dream. I got a dream. It's not like I just want to be on television. That's not my purpose. I have another reason. I want to be able to get a lot of souls. Amen? 
And that's one way to be able to get them, get their attention. And, and we're going to be having meetings here where people are so healed, they'll see it. And we have big crusades, and they'll come, and we have a lot of people saved. This life, like I said on Sunday, my life, Jesus poured out his blood for me. The little I can do for him, I want to do that. And I tell myself, no death, no sickness, nothing can take me out till I'm satisfied. And right now, I'm not satisfied. I'm really not satisfied. There is still more to do for us. Amen? There's still more for us to do. Don't care about fame. I just want to resource for Christ. I, I've got to reach them. I've got to get somebody. My wife and I, we have to have somebody up there with us. And whatever it takes, we get, we're going to do it. Amen? We'll win the souls. So we have to reign because of what Jesus has done. I'm going to read this scripture and, and then go on to what I'm talking about because there are two things. First, the word. The next thing is the spirit of God. The spirit of God. You cannot grow without the Holy Spirit. Notice, Jesus said this. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. A child is always a slave, right? If you're free, that the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 4, when your freedom comes, you're free. That means you are grown. A child, the Bible, Galatians 4 says, is still a slave. No authority, even though he's heir of all things, he's still a child. But once you're grown, you're free. You're free. And the, own, the truth shall make you free. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But knowing the truth only comes through the Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. We got no other teacher. With the preacher, the preacher is just a tool. The real teacher is the Holy Spirit. The, what he teaches, he teaches the word. And the word is bread, meat, milk. And that's what grows you. You can sit all day and listen to the preacher. If he's not preaching the word of faith, like Paul said in John, um, Romans chapter 10, you get nothing. You get absolutely nothing. Because Romans Roman chapter 10 says, it's the word of faith which we preach. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And so when the word of faith is preached, and if it's a word of faith, guess where it's coming from? It's got to come from the Holy Spirit. And nowhere else. Jesus said when he is come, he will bring you into all truth. He is going to be the teacher. And if he is teaching you, that means he's the one nurturing you to grow you up as a son of the living God. And so everything that you do, the only thing that is going to be accepted before God is what God does through you by his spirit. And his spirit has to bring you. Two cannot walk together except they be in agreement. The Holy Spirit has to bring you, teach you, until you agree with him. And then he walks with you to perform the miracles. Now, Jesus himself said, if I cast out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit... So what power was he using to cast out devils? By the Holy Spirit. And how? Because he's the word of God. He walks with the Holy Spirit and miracles happen. And so if we want to really grow, we have to have the word and also have the Holy Spirit walking with us and teaching us until we get to the place where we are at peace with the Holy Spirit and in full agreement with him. So when we move, he moves. Now, real, know this, it's the Holy Spirit that takes from the unseen world and brings it into the seen world. There's no other person that does that. Jesus was crucified. He offered himself by what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, he offered himself. There is nothing you can do without the Holy Spirit. That's why on the day of his showing to Israel, what happened to Jesus? 
After his baptism, the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then from that day, the Holy Spirit took over. He said the Spirit drove him into where? The wilderness. He was in charge. Jesus, man, the Christ Spirit, they meet. And the agreement, and when he came, up for, came back from the wilderness, he was a different person. Amen? The demons were screaming. Uh, if he got into a synagogue, the demons recognized immediately, oh boy, we're in trouble now. Because the Holy Spirit was already, the Holy Spirit are united with the word. And you can't stop them. Amen? When the Holy Spirit unites with the word in your heart, you can't be stopped. But he's got to put the word out there for you. So the Bible tells us, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we're talking about freedom. As a son, that's when you're free. Once you become a son, you're free. As a child, according to Galatians chapter 4, we're getting there, you're still a child. And you are not, no different from the slave. That's what it says. You're just like the rest of them. But when the spirit of sonship comes into you, it's a different case. It's a different situation. So it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So every Christian, if you are mature, there is only one law to live by. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There is a law of sin and death. That law is always at work. Just like gravity. Always wanting to pull you down. And so maturity then says, I'm not going to operate by the law of sin and death. I'm going to operate only by the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. Now we'll put it this way, but it's, it's, it seems real simple. But there is a lot that we need to understand with regards to that. There's a lot of message going on about this today, uh, about grace. And I really, don't, I really don't get into a lot of arguments. I was listening this afternoon um, uh, to T.L. Osborne. I many know him. <laughs> but he's gone to be with the Lord. And they were asking him some questions, hard questions, uh, some time ago. He says, look, I don't understand everything. But I hold on so strong to the things I understand. That's it. I don't have anything explained to me. They ask him, did you ask God for this? He says, no, for explanation, I don't need that. I just need to encourage myself and hold on very fast to what I know from the scriptures. And he said the same thing Billy Graham did. I don't know where he said Billy Graham was. And he says Billy Graham was telling the Lord, no, I don't understand how many of these things. All these preachers are saying, I don't understand. But this is what I understand. And I'm going to run with it. And what, he under, what God gave to him made him this great man today. And T.L. Osborne was the one saying that. So we really need to understand certain things. All of this is not fully clear. But there is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes you free from the law of sin and death. There is another law that wants to pull you down, that wants to make you unworthy, that wants to make you feel, well, if unless I do this, God may not allow this in my life. But my saying is, if what's happening to you, if your experience, if you are constantly doing certain things that are contrary to scripture, it's very clear what's happening to you. I know how to place you. Because the Bible says you shall know them by their, by their fruit. Anyone can claim to be born again. And have, be operating by the law of the spirit of life. 
But if you are constantly and willfully, openly, unashamedly, unashamedly, right? That's the word to say. Doing things that are contrary, I can place you. I can place you. Because the Bible says Jesus knows those who are his. He has to know you. It's not a question of if you know him. It's a question of if he knows you as a person. Because it says, no man comes to me except my heavenly father draws him. And so when you receive the gift of righteousness, he destroys your ability to enjoy sin. (laughs) You can't enjoy it anymore. And if you're still enjoying it and talking and bragging about it, I can place you. You may not know him. He walk right by you and you didn't recognize who he is. You just said you know him. But the law of the spirit of life frees you from the law of sin and death. That means you have to be led by the spirit to be a mature Christian. If you are not operating by the law of the, of the spirit, then you are still a baby. And God cannot do a lot of business with you until you gain this understanding from his word. Let me go to Galatians. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not defile at all from a slave, though he is master of all. But is under guardians and stewards, those that the father has placed to help until the time appointed by the father. So the father says, well, at this age, you can let him have everything. But right now, he's still a baby. Take care of him. Make him he doesn't get in trouble. Make sure he doesn't get in trouble until he gets to this age. And then he can have all the authority. Even though he's master of all, he can't operate in that because he's a child, he says. Even so, we, can I hear the word we? We, that's you and I. We, including Paul. When we were children, so there was a time we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. That's the rules of the world. All, everything that the world has to offer. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Why did he do that? Why did Jesus come? For us to receive adoption as sons. For us to receive that adoption as sons. It says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, right? When was Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit? At the day of his showing, when God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God has given us the spirit of his son. He's put that spirit into our heart, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer slaves, but a son. Amen? Can we say that? You are no longer a slave, but you are a son because you have the Holy Spirit. Amen? He's giving you the Spirit of God to guide you and to lead you and to teach you to grow you up to be a son. Amen? You are no longer slaves, no slave to sin, because the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. We're no longer slaves to the elements of the world. We are now sons of the living God, and God has given us the spirit of his son and has put that in our hearts, that's into our spirit. When you hear the word heart, that's talking about your spirit. So you have your born-again spirit, and then you also have the spirit of God living in your born-again spirit. You can go to Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning from verse 26. He says, I will put in you a new heart. 
and I'll give you a new spirit, small letter spirit. And God said, I will put my spirit within you. So his spirit now lives with your spirit. And because you have the spirit of God living with your spirit, that elevates you from being a slave to being a son of God. That means Jesus is your brother. What he does and what he can do, you can do also. And Jesus said, told us that. John chapter 12, verse 14. The works that I, he who believes in me, remember, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than this. Most of us like to duck from that. But greater works than this shall he do because what? I go back to my father. Jesus, going back to the father, you know why? If I stay with you, Jesus said, it's better that I go. Because if I don't go, the spirit will not come. So when he leaves, greater works you will do. Why? Because now you become a son. And the spirit comes from heaven and it dwells in your spirit and you grow up, whether you like it or not. If you understand that, you grow up. And you can begin to do the works of Jesus. So Romans chapter 8, the key then is to be led by the Spirit of God. That's the difference. The Romans chapter 8 tells us, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? As many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. If you are not being led by the Spirit of God, the striving then, the maturity then, is to be what? To be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will not lead you outside the Scriptures, so you need to know the Scriptures. So you can tell the difference. Because there is another voice out there that is going to whisper to your ears and make you to, be, to fret and to do fleshly things. So as many as are led by this same spirit that God has poured out into our hearts, and when that spirit came, that's how God delivered to us his righteousness and abundance of grace. They all came with the incoming of the Holy Spirit into our lives. That all, they're already there in you. That's why the Bible, Paul says, stir up the gifts, right? Remember that scripture? Stir up the gift that is in you. You got the gift. The Holy Spirit came with all of the gifts. I don't have to respect, oh, that brother is being used by the word of knowledge. Oh, the other brother is doing that. Oh, the other brother has this gift. That's wonderful. I got them too. And when I need them, they're always there for me. When I'm praying for the sick, I can ask God what's going on here. And he gives me a word of knowledge. And I can ask a simple question and the enemy says, busted. It's over for me. Because God gives you the word. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. You remember freedom? You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That means when you are afraid and you are fretful, you still have a spirit of bondage. Amen. I, I guess it's the wrong place to say amen. Yeah. Say with me. I do not have the spirit of bondage again to fear. I have no reason to be afraid of anything. God is alive. I should not be afraid. Remember this. Don't say that. Now, remember this. Fear has torment. It's not part of your life. It's not your inheritance. Now, are you going to be made to fear? So Satan is going to tempt you with real life circumstances. Amen? If it's not real life circumstances, it's no temptation. I'm telling you, it's no temptation. There are certain things that you don't like. Uh, maybe some kind of food that you really don't want to see, talk more of putting into your mouth, nobody's going to tempt you with that, right? 
You're tempting me with that? <laughs> Forget that it's not going to work. It's what you like that the enemy uses to try to tempt you. So understand that. God has given you that same spirit. Remember what it says in Galatians. It says, that spirit of God crying inside of you, Abba, Father. Here we have the same scripture that says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Remember the adoption as sons? Adoption as sons, we already mentioned that. Now we have been adopted into the family. We now belong to the family of God by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Now, this is not works. Because let me say this to you, what I'm about to say. The desire to pray and the willingness to pray is a reflection of God's grace in your life. That means God's grace is operating in your life. It's not works. And I don't want somebody praying because it's something they have to do. God doesn't receive any of that. That's works. That's trying to do something so you can earn his favor. You already have his favor. You don't need to do anything. He will never love you less. Never. God remains love. His love is always there. It's what you allow in your life that could destroy you. But when you pray, it's got to be because of the grace of God. If you find yourself wanting to pray, and usually I like it more when then that's, that burden, there's a push in my heart to pray, and I'm looking for a place to pray, I know that's because of God's grace, not because of works. And I can't say, well, because I did this, that's why God did this. I know to do that because I have been commended to do that. Now, in um, Romans chapter 3, the very last uh, verse, it says, Shall we do, uh, do away with the law because of faith? He says, no. We establish it. In other words, we fulfill the demands of the law in our lives. So you pray, in order, and the law is satisfied because grace has pulled you up to the demands of the law, and you are able to do that. I'm saying this to say this. Since you have the Spirit of God, let the Spirit give you grace enough to engage Him. Let Him give you grace enough to engage the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit of God that's going to build you up. He is the one building the kingdom of God. Amen. He is in charge. The thing is to engage Him. And I got a lot in my book on that. But let me read this scripture to you. In Jude 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up. How do you build yourself up? On your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. There is no way, if you want more faith, there's only one thing that pleases God. The Bible didn't say love because you love, that pleases him. Everyone is claiming to be in love. Have you heard that love, love all over this? Think about it. That's not God's love. This is real God's love. But God doesn't say loving is what pleases him, right? It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. If I want to make God happy, I got to operate in faith. But the Bible here is saying, but you, beloved, build up yourself in your faith. In other words, grow your faith and become a man by praying in the Holy Spirit. So the word of God is what builds you up, but also this praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit is another way to build yourself up to become a son. It's not by accident that Paul is the one who has prayed the most in tongues more than any other man that's lived on this earth. Paul said that. He says, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than every one of you. And guess who had the greatest revelation since the world began? Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul. 
He had so much revelation, God had to give him a thorn in his flesh to keep him calm. And all kinds of miracles through this one man. And it's hard to really be a Christian in this life without reading the books of Paul and gaining understanding through his words. If you want to build yourself up, this is my last word tonight because I don't want to go back to this message. Got a lot to say. But the Bible is very clear. I has not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor has it entered into the heart of man. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed these things to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Because what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That what? We may know everything that have been freely, that has been freely given to us. And that's for your freedom. How do you know that? Engage the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues for hours. Pray in tongues for minutes. If you are afraid to pray in tongues, there's something wrong. Find out. Go to, come to me. Get the book. Read it. You got to pray in tongues. If you are afraid to pray in tongues, you are still in bondage. For we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So you must pray in tongues. That, to pray in the spirit is praying in tongues. I'm going over a little bit tonight. But give me a little bit of time. I'm going to end up. But remember, the Bible tells us in First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. If I pray in a tongue, 14 verse 14 and 15. If I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? What should I do? I will pray with this spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. If you pray and you understand what you're saying, you are not praying with the spirit. Notice it didn't say, I will pray in the spirit. He said, I will pray with the spirit. First Corinthians 14, verse 14 and 15. If you want to be a spiritual person, pray in the spirit. Everyone ought to pray. Pray in the spirit. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Small letter spirit. But in tongues, because the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. And when you do that, you're exercising your spirit. Amen. And you develop muscles, even though I don't have a lot of it. And then you grow up. And when Satan shows up to harass you, all you have to do is, you see this? <laughs> Your spiritual muscle, and he's going to let go. He, I can't handle this guy. But if I pray with a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. That means if you understand what you're saying, you're not praying with the spirit. God said everybody can pray in the spirit. Why don't you want that? Are you so scared you don't want God to give you that? You need to grow. What's the conclusion? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding. Where Paul says, I, you know, I thank my God that I pray in tongues. I believe it's verse 28. I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, the same chapter, I believe it's verse 28 or so. Is that right? Verse 28. Put that up, please. Of us, no, verse 18. Try verse 18. 19. Okay. Put that on, please. Start from verse 18. I was right. Verse 18. It says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. He was a Texan. He said, Y'all. <laughs> Okay. Yet in the church, that's when we meet. I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than every one of you. Notice the word verse 18 again. Notice it's not saying I speak in tongues. 
He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues. That's what he says, more than you all. Then verse 19 says, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words in English, if you will allow that, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues that no one can understand. So at home, he's speaking 10,000 words before he comes to church. Can you understand that? 10,000 words before he comes to church? No wonder miracles were happening in his life. 10,000 words. That's a lot of words. Have I spoken 10,000 words tonight? Maybe he says, stand up tonight. Wait for <laughs> You know, what I believe God's doing here is building a crop of people for the kingdom of God. Never tell yourself, I cannot do it. That's an insult. Because he paid the price for you, every one of us. Never tell yourself. I hate when preachers say, oh, well, uh, that's for us ministers. I say, oh, sure. I see there's some, yes, there's an, an, an anointing on your life as a minister, maybe to minister, but we all can do this. Amen? We all can do this. You just have to desire it. Amen? And again, I'll say to you, if you are having trouble praying in tongues, please talk to me, get the book, read it, talk to me. I don't want anybody to be in our church and can't pray in tongues. You need to be able to do that. And I guarantee you, the only reason I believe personally that I'm able to do what I'm doing now, I discovered this secret in, in the 80s and decided unless, if the devil wants to kill me, he'll kill me, but I'll still be speaking in tongues. I'm not going to quit. It's changed my life. It's changed my life. Gave me so much understanding. I didn't have too much training, but I had demons, a lot of demons cast out of people. And God was speaking to me exactly what was going on there. And in one instance, he actually showed me the demon. So I know what to do. So this is, seems like a mystery, but you, every one of us can do this. Amen? And don't tell me only pastors. I wasn't a pastor then when I was doing I was just a member of a church. This was 1988. And for, my, for me, for our ministry, every one of you that I'm looking at right now can do it. If any of you have a Bible study in your home, pray for the sick. Amen? Ask. Is anybody sick? Headache and cancer, they are the same to the Lord. Amen? Pray for them. You might be surprised what happens. At work, do the same thing. Don't ever hesitate. You never know what God will do. Amen? Let's put our hands up before the Lord and in surrender tonight as we worship him. Tell yourself, I'm going to be a son. And that includes the ladies because there are no ladies with God. He has all sons. He sent the spirit of his son, sonship, into your heart. Amen? So you're a son. You're a son. You're a son before God. And tell him that you're ready. Ready to do what God just showed me what to do. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Get, make me ready. Make me ready. I'm ready. God, I'm looking for greater heights. I'm looking for greater things. I'm looking for higher grounds. I'm looking. I'm going to grow, God. I want to get to the next level. That's what I'm looking for. I've got to get there. I'm not satisfied where I am right now. I'm going up. I'm going up. Nothing's going to hold me down. I'm going up with my God. That's what's going to happen here. That God's going to be using you mightily, both in church and outside the church, God's going to be using you. God will meet all of your needs so that you don't have to worry about your want. When this whole church decides we're going to do God's work, no one will be in want. No one will be in need. God will supernaturally meet your needs. And we'll have nothing to worry because the Lord is our shepherd. We will never know want. Thank God that God you are preparing a table before us in the presence of the enemies. Our enemies. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that's risen up against our lives, every life that's represented here tonight, every tongue that's risen against any life here tonight, in the name of Jesus, I cancel those words with the blood of Jesus and I release the people of God for prosperity, for peace, for rest in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, 
come on us. Fall on us in a special way. Speak to our spirits in a special way. Energize our spirit to God so we can do exploits in the kingdom of God according to your word. Thank you, Father. I see giants. I see mighty men of God, mighty women of God rising up in this place doing unspeakable things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I see exploits. I see great multitudes in Jesus' name as our people begin to realize God is with us. God is with us and we cannot be stopped. God is with us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are not afraid. We have no reason to be afraid. God is with us and we can do all things. Thank you, Father God. I pray, Lord, tonight that as your people go to sleep, that you will give them visions of heaven, dreams from heaven, dreams from the throne of the living God about the great future that you have for every life that's represented here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I believe you have heard our prayers. I give you glory. Receive all the glory as you take us to another level, another height, height in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Remember, on Saturday, uh, I sent, uh, I believe, uh, Theresa sent an uh, email to those we are studying uh, how to heal the sick. If you were here the last uh, uh, Saturday, I want you back here. And we'll be studying the remaining chapters. I believe there are four chapters. And um, I think that's, that's something that uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, we're going to be having a healing service. And it's going to be a wonderful time. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed. <laughs>